Our scripture text is 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12, which should look familiar to you if you've been uh, paying attention this morning. This is the gem's uh, theme verse for the year. This is God's holy and infallible word. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. You know, I'm not sure that I remember ever having a GEMS Sunday immediately after Mission Emphasis Week before, but uh, the GEMS theme verse for the year couldn't be more perfect as we come out of this time of Mission Emphasis. We've had a wonderful two Sundays together, the past two Sundays, focusing on the Great Commission from Matthew 28, uh, which calls God's people, the church, to make disciples near and far. That was our focus this year. Uh, We are involved in making disciples far away. And so we had, if you remember, the Bursma family, missionaries in the Philippines, And many of us served at Feed My Starving Children, which brings nutritious food to the hungry in many places of great need in the world. We're involved in making disciples closer to home, too. And along those lines, we heard from a CRC church planter uh, from Plainfield nearby. We worshiped here alongside Roseland CRC church members. And we were challenged by a pastor in a CRC, Ebenezer, in Berwyn. Uh, and, and Ebenezer exists in a diverse neighborhood, and it's seeking to make disciples and in that neighborhood. You could make an argument against a church having a mission emphasis week, because what are we saying there? I mean, we're busy, we're active in God's mission every week, all the time. A faith church, you know that, We care about missions more than one week out of the year. Of course we do. Uh, But I I really love Mission Emphasis Week because it allows us a special opportunity to hear from uh, diverse ministries that that we partner with uh, all over the place. But where do we go from here? How does this past week and all that was involved in it, how will that inspire us and change us? How have we been better equipped to accomplish the Great Commission at Faith Church? Well, we were reminded in a number of ways uh, during that Mission Emphasis Week that we can't accomplish the Great accomplish the Great Commission. We cannot accomplish the Great Commission. Not on our own. We need the Lord. After Jesus ascended into heaven... He did that right after he gave us the Great Commission. He then sent the Holy Spirit to empower the church for our mission and to keep good his promise that he would be with us always, even to the very end of the age. We need him with us. And then you think, too, of of how did that coming of the Holy Spirit that he sent happen at Pentecost, uh, which was that special time that propelled God's people forward in their mission. What did Jesus' disciples do to make the Holy Spirit come? What did the disciples do to make the power happen? Well, nothing. 
The Spirit came while God's people were sitting, according to Acts 2. The disciples were simply waiting. This was of God. And this is how we as God's people are empowered today, too. It's by being dependent on the Lord. We wait on Him, realizing He has the power, not us. And and so we go to Him. We ask Him to come, to lead us. We ask Him to do His work through us. Last Sunday night, in the guest pastor that came, the emphasis for us was that prayer energizes the mission of the church. Prayer is what energizes the mission of the church. Our, our gems verse is about our love. The love of God in Jesus increasing and overflowing. Well, how does that happen? How possibly does that happen? Well, it's through the Lord. And that verse, it's a prayer. Paul, who wrote 1 Thessalonians, where that verse come from, knew it had to be of God or this love overflowing wouldn't happen at all. And so he writes, may the Lord do it. He goes to the Lord. He tells us to go to the Lord. May the Lord increase your love. And, and so I'd like to carry forward the challenge from last Sunday night and ask you and invite you to pray for the Great Commission to be accomplished at Faith Church. And I believe that that's what God is calling us to do coming out of our week of mission emphasis this year. We're talking uh, these days often about building the household of faith. Well, it can only happen if God does the building. And, and so we've got to ask Him. We've got to wait on Him. We have to depend on Him. Go to Him. Pray to Him. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Do we want to be a great commission church and do God's will? Yes. Well, then we ask the Lord to make us a great commission church, right? And, and so the point of this mission emphasis debriefing this morning is to ask you to commit to praying for this church. There's so much that we pray for. There's so much that we should be praying for in our families, in our communities, in our nation, our world. I'm asking you to commit some of your prayer time every day for the next 30 days for this church. And then let's just see what God might do. We're in a very good position as a church in many, many ways. We're healthy in many ways. People visiting and coming in, guests, new members, new babies, people growing in God's Word, people growing in service and love. And there are any number of areas we want and absolutely need to grow in, of course. And just a little plug here, by filling out that congregational survey we've been highlighting in the bulletin, you can help us in that evaluation process and help us grow. So check that out in the bulletin. Fill out the evaluation form. But from a position of a lot of good things going on by God's grace, how can we do even better? All this love that God has showered on us through His Son, 
How can we share it even more? How can it overflow even more? How can we continue the building project of God right here in our day? Because remember, we keep building, we keep working until Jesus comes again. There's never a time when God's people uh, slap each other on the back and say, good job, everybody, well done. We've built the household of faith, mission accomplished, time to go home and call it a day. No, the work of God's church continues until the second coming of Jesus. And we work, but we also pray, or the work won't accomplish anything worth having. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow, says our verse. And that prayer brought to mind for me and brings to mind another famous prayer in the Bible. It's from First Chronicles, and we often call it the prayer of Jabez. And uh, maybe you remember in, in sort of evangelical Christian circles a few years ago, there was a really big focus on the prayer of Jabez. It's a prayer, uh, literally it talks about our territory being extended. And I think, I think it was and I think it could be misused to ask that God would make us successful in a worldly sense, give us health, give us wealth. But, but what does that really mean today to ask God for our territory to be extended? What does that mean in light of Jesus coming? Well, I don't think it's necessarily about land acquisition, which is to say, through becoming wealthier. Though, of course, God blesses some of his people with wealth uh, so they can help his kingdom. But the Old Testament was pointing ahead to something greater. And they talked about land in Old Testament times, in First Chronicles is in the Old Testament, uh, that land of promise that was always talked about was a foreshadowing of a greater promise that was coming. And that was the love of God in Jesus. Our inheritance of all the Father's blessings through His Son, Jesus. And, and so I think the true fulfillment of the prayer of Jabez happens by God's love increasing and overflowing through us today. That's how the Christian's influence is extended and expanded, by God's love in us going out. And that's how the church is built. And like Jabez long ago, like the apostles in the early church, like the church throughout the ages, we pray to God for this to happen. And so I want to invite you to be part of a 30-day prayer initiative for this household of faith. If you're not a member of our church but involved in participating in worship or different ministries, you're heartily invited to participate too. If you're a committed member of another Bible-believing church, you can pray for your church along the lines I'm going to suggest for us this morning. There's a reason for the 30 days. It takes us from today to the day after Easter. And so what that is, if you know a little bit about uh, the, the church year, that takes us through the remainder of what's called Lent, which are those 40 days of preparation and focus 
up to Good Friday and Easter, uh, the remembrance and celebration of the heart of our faith at the cross and at the resurrection. You want to do something concrete for the rest of Lent? I feel like I hear a lot of people that want to. Well, pray. Uh, We talk about fasting and, and giving up something. Well, giving up something for Lent is never a goal in itself. Use the time of hunger or that lack of something you cherish in your life to remind yourself of your need for the Lord and then go to him in prayer. That's what fasting or or giving up something for Lent is about. It's about prayer with the Lord. So 30 days of prayer to focus on three things related to God's family here at Faith. Like I said, if you're a committed member elsewhere, you can apply this to your own church home, but I'm inviting you to pray for, for this church. Number one, please pray for our church leadership. As we started the book of Titus, we saw the importance of Titus as the pastor. Paul talked about the qualities of elders. And and so when you pray for the church leadership every day, starting today for the next 30 days, please pray for your pastors, the staff, and our council. You can't pray for everything and every single person every day, just what you feel led to each day, but Let me give you some specific suggestions and ideas for you to get the idea. Please pray for me and for Pastor Matthew and for Jonathan in our roles in the church, the the, the calling that we have here, our our job description, everything that we do, that, that God would protect us from the evil one, that he would give us strength and power beyond ourselves to serve God well by serving you and by serving this church. And I'd ask that, that you remember us and pray for us and our families on a personal level, too. And I know you do that. And just for me, as many of you know, I'm healing really well from a December 12 brain surgery to remove a malignant tumor. Two weeks ago, I finished six weeks of daily radiation therapy. I praise God that I'm doing so well. Thank you for praying for me and for my family through these months. Pray that I'll keep doing well and pray that I'll have strength for the six months of chemotherapy that's going to start. Uh, we'll keep you posted in the bulletin on those prayer needs. For Pastor Matthew and Laura, um, I think of, of their family in these last two weeks of, of remembering the one-year anniversary of little Eliza's passing away. Um, and and what, a, what a tough time of year all the way from around Christmas time when those intensive surgeries started for Eliza until a couple of weeks ago in that one year anniversary. That's something they're going to always carry with them. Uh, for Jonathan and, and Chelsea, they have, they have a newborn and uh, two little ones. I'll add two busy little ones. Um, so, and I think of our other staff members, I think of Alan, Pat, Tobin, our custodians, the behind-the-scenes work that they do for us. I feel like it's such a, a thankless job sometimes. I, I hope you feel and know you're appreciated, Pat and Al, um, picking up after all of us, keeping the place looking so sharp. I think of Karen and Nikki in the office so kindly and, and patiently serving 
uh, the other staff members, serving our committees and the council, doing it with so much excellence. Speaking of excellence, Jan and Donna, um, they're heading into a very busy time of year, uh, but it's going to be great because uh, we're going to have opportunity to do some extra singing with choirs and instruments and, uh, you know, help make them great if you sing, if you, if you play an instrument, help make those times of worship great. And then our council, our council, that's our elders and deacons. Uh, these guys choose uh, to give up, up their time, and maybe sometimes they choose to give up even other meaningful areas of service in their life to give priority to this special calling. Uh, to shepherd the church as elders and as deacons, to be faithful stewards of the gifts of God's household. So, I'm asking you to pray for our church leadership, pastor, staff, council. The second area I invite you to pray for is for church health. Uh, we need to be healthy to accomplish God's mission for us successfully. Uh, you can pray f- for church health Uh, by praying for faithfulness at Faith Church, unity, and fruitfulness. Faithfulness first. And when we talk about faithfulness, that's first of all to God's Word. That's what we stand on. That's how we come to know God's love and and to want it to overflow and increase. And, And from that faithfulness and commitment, first of all to God's Word, and to Christ himself, uh, pray for committed and faithful people in the church as we live in a very low-commitment society today. Pray for commitment to worship. Pray for committed people to serve, for committed giving in our church. A commitment to building the household of faith, the church. You know, the church is the hope of the world. Government is not going to bring the hope of the world. These or that programs aren't going to do God's mission. The church has been given the task. Do we get that? Are we committed to it? Pray for faithfulness here. And pray also for unity. As you pray, give thanks for a wonderful history of unity here and pray that God would keep it, that that he'd preserve it, I feel like we almost take that unity for granted at Faith CRC. But we got to realize that not every church has unity. People complain in churches. There can be factions in churches. There are churches that break up. And and then you wonder how important is, you know, why unity, one of these three things to pray for in terms of church health. How important is unity? Well, unity is one of the biggest topics in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul reserves his very harshest words for those who stir up trouble in God's church and try to break unity. So so give thanks for the unity we have. Pray it becomes even stronger. Pray Satan would not get a foothold in your life or anyone else's to stir up trouble that would distract us from our unity around God's word and the mission he gives us. Finally, in terms of church health, please pray for fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Uh, That there would be fruit to our ministry and worship 
And really specifically, I'm thinking about uh, the fruit of the Spirit in people's lives. Love, hope, joy, peace, gentleness, self-control, patience, goodness. That we as a people, that people who come here and involved here, uh, even these gems, that we grow in holiness, that we become more like Jesus. Our scripture verse talks of love overflowing. Love overflowing. Sometimes the way the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit and the way we can understand it is that they are all, love is like the main fruit and, and all the other fruit of the Spirit are dimensions or aspects of love. So this is what love looks like. Peace, patience, kindness, and all the rest. And so when Paul talks about praying for our love to increase and overflow to everyone, we can certainly include all the fruit of the Spirit there. Uh, So pray, would you, that the Spirit of Christ overflows here and is shared and pray for everything that that fruitfulness might entail. Pray for church leadership, church health, and finally church growth. And I hesitate to use this word, and frankly, some of it is because last Sunday night, uh, if you were here, I almost was a little uncomfortable in the message with the stories of this or that church growing from 300 to 3,000 people when people started to pray. And, And I wonder, approaching it that way, is that sometimes a little bit of a prosperity gospel creeping in? Uh, We work, we pray, but then we let it go. We can't manufacture growth. If it's going to happen, God will bring the increase. We don't force it. There are faithful churches of God that may be quite small in terms of numbers. I don't think being a megachurch is necessarily a goal to have as a church. In fact, I'd, I'd wonder a little bit about a church where people are flocking in, whether they're really preaching what God wants or whether it's more just saying stuff that they think people want to hear. And yet, there are times of revival, of great turnings to the Lord in large numbers. In history, Wouldn't it be wonderful to live in such a time and to be part of a great renewal and turning of people to the faith in great numbers, to be used by God for that? We can pray for that, I think, and I think we should. And, and so I think we can talk about church growth and, and wanting our church to grow uh, because the more people that, are, that we share with Jesus, the better, right? But we have to understand church growth biblically. And the way we do that is in terms of the Great Commission. Jesus calls us to make disciples. That is what it's about. And when we understand church growth in terms of the call to make disciples, then we're getting on the right track. Uh, Two of our guest pastors, two of the four, uh, made an accurate point that the main verb, the main command in that great commission in Matthew 28 is not go, it's not baptize, it's not teach. 
the main verb, the only command in there, in the original, is make disciples. That's the command. That's the calling. That's the main thing. And we do that. We make disciples as we're going, near and far. As we're doing the main thing, make disciples, we baptize new believers, we teach people everything God has commanded us. And, and so when we're asking you to pray for church growth for the next 30 days, we're asking you to pray that we would make more disciples. And there are three levels to that. First of all, I think of covenant children. Making disciples starts there, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The Great Commission starts in your home. If you're married, it starts with your spouse. And if you have children, with your kids. Too many people have skipped over their home in the name of outreach and evangelism, and it's a mistake. And so we start with those right in front of us. Uh, there's, a, there's a pastor by the name of Rob Reno, and he puts it this way. Making disciples of our covenant children is our responsibility, and then beyond that, we have opportunity. And so as a church, it's our job to equip parents with God's word so that they can make disciples in their homes. And then we think of, of GEMS, our girls' club, and cadets, our boys' club, and our youth ministries, children's church, nursery, Sunday school, catechism. We're serious about discipleship of the next generation at Faith Church. Pray for that, would you? Second, make disciples in the sense of new believers. Absolutely. Again, as this Rob Reno puts it, if those closest to us are our God-given responsibility, well, then we also, beyond that, have great opportunity to share Christ with others. As we go, as the Great Commission puts it, from our homes to our work, our neighbors, the people God puts us in contact with as we go about our lives, and not just people you happen to meet, but we should be deliberate about seeking out people who don't know the Lord. And, and pray for yourself for open doors there, for new believers. Third, pray for church growth in terms of new members. And do you pray for that already for our church? I'm, I'm talking about those who might be believers already, but maybe who've moved into the area. Anybody who needs a new church home, whether they're new in town or not, um, Maybe people who are in a church where they don't feel there is health and they don't feel that they're able to make a change within and they need a good church. And we want people to be in good churches, right? Well, I, I, know, of, I know of a number of them. I know of one right here. We're not perfect, not at all, but, but God is doing good things here. And, and with your help and with especially his help, uh, we're becoming more and more of what he wants us to be. And so, would you join in on the, the 3 for 30 prayer initiative? 30 days of praying for three things for the church. Would you pray for your church every day until Easter? Boys and girls, you can do this. I know you, I know you're praying. 
Would you pray for your church? I ask that you would. Teenagers, like middle schoolers, high schoolers, would you pray for your church? We need you in this church. We need your passion and ideas and service, and we need your prayers. Would you make a point of taking up the responsibility of being part of this church, and would you pray? I'm asking it for everybody this morning. I'm asking you to sign your name to be part of the 3 for 30 prayer initiative. There is no online sign-up like for almost everything else. I want you to physically write your name down. Uh, There are going to be, as you go out of church, sign-up sheets at the usual sign-up counter, which is to the left, my left, which I'm guessing is your right. I don't remember how that works all the time. And then also at the Welcome Center, which is out that way. So both ways you go. And if, if you go out those three doors, you'll hit them. If you go out these side exits, you can circle around to get to the sign-up sheets. Put your name there. Commit to it. And next to those sign-up sheets, uh, we're going to have, I got, got one here, these little bookmark things that you can take with you, you can keep with you, maybe put it in your Bible. It outlines the three areas. Grab one, sign up. What might God do when his people commit to praying like this? I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. Throughout history, great works of God, great revivals have been preceded by prayer. What might God do when we ask him to do great things today through our church? Like I said, I don't know, but I know he will answer our prayers. Whether it's in big, obvious ways, or in all kinds of ways that might be less obvious, planting of seeds. But he does hear us, and he does answer. That is certain. And so, with our text, may our love increase and overflow like never before as we ask him to build us up even more in him. I'm going to report back to you next week on how many people signed up. Uh, We had eight people immediately after the evening service last Sunday that came to me and Pastor Matthew, and so we've got a great start already. Jonathan, Pastor Matthew, and I talked about this at most of our staff meeting on Tuesday this past week. We're signed up, so that's 11. I shared it with my dad over the phone, and he asked for, for one of these cards. I told him we were making a card. I didn't know exactly what it would look like, but it looks like this bookmark. So he's praying for our church. That's 12 total with one person in Michigan. How many more? Let's see what God can do and will do when we commit our church to him. All right? Amen.